RadioInfluence.com. Welcome back to another episode of the Real Animals Podcast, always presented by my good friends at Contender Boats. As always, uh, feeling blessed and excited to uh, have one of my dearest friends uh, on the water uh, and in on the street. Uh, my good friend Captain Ryan Rickard is joining us, and Ryan was the winner of the Yamaha Bassmaster Redfish Cup uh, in November. Uh, in 2021 here back in Port Aransas, Texas. And we're definitely going to dive into that because I know my good friend here was chasing that big that big first-time win. And uh, I saw some of the videos uh, uh, online of, of the excitement, the intensity. So diving into tournament fishing, Ryan Rickard, is going to be fun. But uh, let's chat about how it all started. Ryan, how are you today? I'm doing awesome, man. Glad to be here to do this and glad to kind of just uh, talk fishing with you as always. Yeah, buddy. It's, uh, we've, uh, we, we had a very good friend of ours, um, friends actually, because we're friends with him and her. Um, they, uh, they had a wedding and we both ended up invited to this wedding. And uh, at that point, um, a friendship, I think, started from that point on. We've been we've been lucky enough to fish together quite a bit. Uh, if you uh, if you watch Real Animals TV, and obviously I hope that you do, you will you will know the name Captain Ryan Rickard because he is one of my go to guys, uh, not only here in Tampa but out in Louisiana as well. And as a matter of fact, we've got a show scheduled to go shoot, which uh, I keep looking at my book and thinking of fondly. Other other than it's going to be hot, but uh, making our way back out to it, Louisiana, it will be hot, but. <laughs> Yeah, it be, will be hot, but I'm super excited about that one too. Yeah, that one's going to be really cool. Ryan and I both have a uh, a silly addiction. Um, Ryan's is a little worse than mine. Uh, Ryan needs a cream for his. Um, he's got to put a cream on. I don't. I don't have. I'm past the cream. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we both have a little redfish addiction uh, problem. So uh, let let's dive in, Ryan, real quick. Let's jump into how does Ryan Rickard? What's the travel? What's the journey? How does Ryan Rickard? become captain ryan rickard i mean what was it i mean did you start fishing with your dad you know was it family members was it just something you fell in love with how does i always i always ask that question because i think it's so cool to hear how these journeys take us to where we are today how did it start for you yeah interesting uh i'll I'll make a super long story really short just just for time purposes but basically yeah it really did start as a young boy um you know three, four, five years old, my dad would just take us to the lake, the local lake, and we would fish for, for shell crackers and warmouth bass. And, you know, uh, we called them crappie back home, but they're specs here. But, uh, you know, just started at a young age, my dad would take us every now and then. And it was always a fun thing for me. Not so much my brother. He was more into just other stuff, but you know, as soon as I got on the water, it was just something as a little boy that I just thrived in. And, uh, from there it kind of, leveled out for a little bit but my uncle is actually who ended up kind of taking the reins there and he would uh always call my parents and see if i could go to the lake with him uh on the weekends when i was younger after my dad kind of stopped taking me so i would just i mean i would do anything to be able to go on the lake on the weekend with my uncle and he just kind of really furthered that passion in me and then when i was uh, eight years old uh, that was in north carolina by the way uh and then when i was eight years old we moved to florida and uh from there it was curtains i mean the moment i experienced salt water i didn't even know what to do with myself uh you know i would take any opportunity i could to to have a cast net in my hand or a rod in my hand and just 
throwing artificials and wade fishing. Uh, cause at that point, obviously I was too young to have a boat. And, um, by the time I was, I think 15 or 16, uh, just a boat here and there, like a Ginu or a little Carolina skiff. And I would use whatever I could to go every weekend. And, uh, it really just that, that, I think the first redfish I ever caught, like we had an eye to eye moment, like, Hey, you're my dog now. <laughs> you know, it was, uh, one of those moments of you and I will be partners for the rest of history here. Just how that <laughs> fish fought. So that's kind of where my red fishing gig started. Um, and then after I graduated high school, um, I, I, I was on the water a whole lot. Um, Again, long story short, moving a couple states and going to college, getting married, and finally moving back to Florida. My wife is really the biggest proponent of me getting my license because, you know, I did. I was I was very good at fishing and very good at patterning fish and kind of versed in the inshore scene and the offshore scene. Um, and she just there was so many people that wanted to go fish with me, and you know we would just go out as buddies and go on the weekends or go on that weekday when we were off, whatever. But my wife's like, you really ought to consider getting your license because there's just so many people want to fish with you. And I was like, yeah, you know, I'll consider doing that. So I did, I ended up getting my license, um, to start chartering here in Tampa. I think it was probably four years before that it was, Oh, I think it was Oh eight is when I really kind of started the tournament scene. Um, and that was prior to me getting my license for chartering. It just, one thing kind of led to another, kind of led to another. So the tournament thing started around 2008 and, um, I don't know how quickly you want me to jump into that. So just stop me if you need no, to. Yeah, good. basically that's how I be a, a charter captain, uh, from, from a few years after I started tournament fishing until now. See, it seems to be a, a, a theme. You and I both had the same kind of, cause that's what happened to me. I was, I was fishing a lot. And then I, I fished a tournament and then I was taking some heat cause everybody was a captain, but me. And then I figured right. out that, okay, hold on a minute. You can get sponsors to fish in the tournament so that that would help me pay for this little hobby I got going here. That'd be cool. Well, yeah, I'll go get my license. So I went and got my captain's license. The next thing you know, you're running a trip here and a trip there and a trip here. And then the radio show came and the TV show came. And the next thing you know, I'm like, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm just doing this. Um, so it's it's kind of interesting how that uh, that kind of happened for you as well. So so let's go down the the tournament trail. So the tournament turn redfish tournaments start happening for you. You're doing pretty well. Um, uh, you, you for some reason for several years, you know the whole number one thing just really didn't please you. You didn't like it. You didn't want anything to do with that number one spot. You just thought you'd ride in the two hole <laughs> for a long. I like the way you present that. <laughs> you just uh, thought you know anybody can win a tournament. I mean, how many times could I be second? So I mean, that's, that's exactly not right. That's right. Challenging. Yeah, that's it's challenging. yeah challenging yourself. I mean, that that guy wins. Whatever, that's easy. Anybody can win one. But how do you be second a lot? Right. Yeah, how do you take second no place doubt. a lot, third place a lot? I mean, so how does all that happen, and how how did that set you up here? Yeah, but it's 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 actually it it kind of became a joke uh, after a while. I mean, you know, when when I first started back in '08, a, a, a friend of mine that kind of got me into actually just a friend of mine came to me and said, "Hey, what do you think about fishing a redfish tournament?" And I was like, "I love redfish. I'd love to compete. Yeah, why not?" So we kind of started, it was actually, it was way back when, uh, when Kent Hickman started the West Coast Pro. It was actually prior to the Florida Pro and prior to the Powerful Pro, it was called the West Coast Pro. And uh, 
I was like, yeah, I'll try this term, you know, whatever. I don't, we don't know what we're doing, but let's just go do it. So, um, we didn't really, we didn't really have great success early on, but probably within about a year and a half or two years, um, you know, I would get a, a top 10 or I'd sneak in a top five or something. And at that point in time, there wasn't a lot of earnings coming there. There was a lot more spending money than there was getting money out of these tournaments. And so, um, you have to kind of be a freak show a little bit to continue on these tournament trails because the reality is if you're trying to do this to make a living, you're in the wrong business. Um, people, people just don't understand how difficult it really is to win. I mean, I, I, I have anybody will say there is, I mean, you could always shore it. Like if you had an opportunity that you missed or something of that nature, yes, you can change. But the fact of the matter is like, when you put as much time as you can into this, and you prepare as hard as you can, and you try to pattern things out as hard as you can, you're, you're going to fish as hard as you can fish, and that's all you can do. I mean, yes, you can get better in certain areas and learn more locations and learn more techniques, but um, it's just a hard thing to win. Everything has to line up. Uh, but anyway, early on, I had uh, I had a little success, and really I, I was in a fortunate place at the right time uh, that I got a really huge sponsor in Skeeter and Yamaha and uh I, I can't say anything more than just it was the right place right time it was nothing I don't think that I did special and and there was some people along the way that helped out on that and um I, I don't know if that necessarily changed anything in my fishing world per se besides the fact of it gave me a confidence that I've now got a product that I can believe in that I can do this uh in a better fashion and then a couple years down the road like I got my first second place finish and that seemed to be the trend for many years um <laughs> i think now i think this year i think i just got my it's either my 18th or 19th i'd have to look at it i think it's my 18th second place finish that i just got again this year That's and it, it became a few years ago kind of became a joke because everybody's like hey man you're the phil mickelson of fishing <laughs> <laughs> like like you, you, you get you're at the top all the time you know second third fourth and fifth all the time but you just haven't cracked a win and I, I i just mike it became such a mental thing for me of is this ever going to happen because i can't fish any harder i'm doing all i could do and you know you'd have a i remember back in 2018 uh dustin tillett and i were fishing the championship uh, of the ifa out in delacro louisiana and there was 143 boats in that thing and i Knew that I knew that I knew I had. Actually, this is actually when you and I filmed. It was right before you and I filmed the epic topwater redfish show down in uh, Venice. Yes. If you remember that. Of course I do. Okay. We spent the first day filming in Delacroix, the second day in Venice. Yes, Yes. exactly. And I remember when Tillett came in, because I was there pre-fishing. I had a tournament uh, prior to that one, too. And he came in, and he's like, what are we going to do? I was like, I'm just telling you right now, we're going to win this tournament. The fish I'm on, we're going to win. So I was like... I knew we were going to win. Well, first day we're leading it 1789. That's what we post the first day. And I'm just like, this is it. We're finally going to get this W. And, uh, we posted, I think 1722 on day two. And we ended up losing by four one hundredths of an ounce. Well, I say losing. We got a second place by four one hundredths of an ounce. And Dwayne Eshete and Kevin Aiken, who has knocked me off the stage so many times, got us again. And, uh, 
I remember like I congratulated Dwayne and I remember him kind of hugging me and I said, Hey man, thanks for getting, I think at that time it was like my 14th second place or 13th. So I said, thanks for giving my 13th second place and knocking me up again. And he kind of laughed and he hugged me when he's hugging me. He says, man, listen, there is no doubt in my mind that you'll get your win. He's like, I've been there. I've had all the seconds. He's like, you will get a win. And I, Mike, I heard that so many times you just, at some point you, you just don't even know if you believe it anymore because yeah. you tried so hard. You're just the second place keeps coming. But uh, it was so interesting, brother, because last year when I when I finally did get that first win on a on a large scale, Dwayne was fishing that tournament and he had an invite as well as I did, and he was fishing that tournament and he was the first guy that ran over to me during the weigh-in line, and the man must have hugged me 20 times and kept laughing and saying to me, like, do you realize how big your first win is? Like, you did this on national television yeah. in front of millions of people, and you're the first guy that did it in this thing. Do you realize, like, now I understood kind of the the reasoning behind, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a believer, I'm a Christian, I believe that God you know, directs our path and has such a hand in what we do. And, sure. and I believe that God had that set up for that platform to be my first win uh, so that he could get glory. Because my first comment was, I, I want to thank my, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because without him, I wouldn't be able to be here. And I think that God was able to use that platform to to get me to that spot so that he could get glory out of that. That's what I really believe happened. Sure. Sure, no doubt about it, hundred percent. So let's let's walk through it. So the win you're talking about again, this is the uh, Yamaha Bassmaster Redfish Cup. So this is a, it's kind of a new format. It was a really big deal because they partnered you, not with your normal tournament partner, but with a partner from the bass world. So talk a little bit about Correct. that, so everybody can kind of understand this. That's the amazing part to me is. From watching outside, from the outside, I've fished, you and I have fished a redfish tournament together or two, so, and then watching what you've gone through and spending 10 years on tour, having never won one myself, um, having been close myself, um, all those things, you being such a dear friend of mine, it was, I was really feeling, I was feeling your pain, bro, I'm like, some, please, Lord, let's let my boy win a tournament. He wants this thing so bad. Yeah. Um, and then when, when you yeah. were talking about this format and all that stuff, I thought, man, this is a crazy format. It's out in Texas, which is not the easiest fishery. It's not a fishery that you fish as much as Louisiana and, and spots in Florida, you know, Steen Hatchie and all those areas up, you know, it's not Charlotte Harbor. It's not Tampa. It's not, I mean, there's, I just thought, man, this is a really, really tough format. So talk to everybody about, about the format a little bit. Yeah, it actually was very tough because there was a lot of challenges thrown in the mix there that, that I had never dealt with and had to, to adapt to, right? So uh, the format was, you know, whenever I go out of town, Louisiana, uh, when I'm going to Louisiana, first of all, let me stop. I had only been to Texas one time in my life to fish. And it was actually like a month and a half prior to that. We had a championship tournament out there. Uh, never been there. Don't know anything about that fishery. That didn't even have a, a direction to go. Just like looking at maps and like, okay, this kind of looks similar to Florida. It's got grass and potholes and like spoil islands. And, you know, I'm just going to go look for bait flow and try to pattern these fish. So I had been a month and a half before in a championship tournament for the PRL. And, uh, 
uh, we went out there and, and really just tried to kind of do like we do in Florida since the topography was a little bit the same. And we actually had some pretty good success out there the first time I went. Uh, I think we ended up in ninth place overall, or eight, it was eighth place overall in that championship. And I uh, felt like I kind of got a beat on it. And then the next, I think a month and a half later is when I was supposed to be back for the Bassmasters. Well, so the Bassmasters, the other way they set it up was five teams um, were ha- kind of handpicked per se from Skeeter Yamaha to say, we want to choose these five saltwater pros and these five bass pros of our own and we will just pair them up as we see fit and then the remaining spots were people of redfish teams that fished redfish series that were partners from redfish series that qualified to get there so there was a total of 10 teams uh i was one of the saltwater pros that skeeter chose to come fish it and my partner uh chris zaldane who was from the bass side of Skeeter, he was partnered with me. We had never met. I mean, I knew of his name. I've never spoken to the guy. I hadn't followed him. I didn't really know anything about him until I heard who I was fishing with. I then kind of looked him up because I was like, I want to know who's going to be on the boat with me. You know, I don't, I don't know who this guy is. So I was, I was actually pretty happy with that choice because when i would watch things of him i mean mike you know me and you've known me a long time now i'm a very very uh how do i say it i'm a very high energy uh outgoing guy on the boat i'm not just gonna sit like a bump on the log i'm just very high energy i like to talk i like to laugh i like to shout whatever yeah and this guy was very much my personality so i was thinking okay at least the personality may mesh uh, so I, I just sent him an email saying, Hey, give me a call when you get a chance. And so he called me a few weeks later and we just talked a little bit. He just basically said, look, man, I, I can fish. I know how to fish. I know nothing about a redfish. I know nothing about patterning them. I don't know what to throw. Nothing. You're just, I'm going to follow your lead. You tell me what to do and I'll catch them. So I'm like, well, at least it's not one of those situations where someone's coming in, whether it be me or him, to say, hey, I'm going to run this ship and I'm going to do it my way and whatever. We just both kind of adapted to each other, which was really good. We played off each other very well. We we communicated very well. But we only had three days together to figure it out because in that that format, they give you three days to pre-fish, one day off the water, and then the tournament starts. So the first day he got there, Unfortunately, one of his friends in the uh, in the Bassmasters had just passed away, and he was in charge of Aaron Martin's wedding, like a, a wedding, his funeral, to try to get um, that kind of squared away. So I was actually by myself on the first day, and I told him, I said, man, take as much time as you need. I understand. I, you know, I'll, we'll figure it out. So he was able to join me the second and third day, and we were really able to kind of lock in together on our – meshing on the boat very quickly um he i I can't say enough about chris aldean that guy is as true of a professional as professional gets and it really showed me even on the redfish side and i said this at the at the when we were done basically i mean he is a true pro we we i don't consider us pros because we're not doing this for a living sure um those guys do it for a living and he that guy is as, as good as they get but, uh, you know, I found out that he was a swim bait guy, and I found out he was a, a spoon guy. And that was like, oh, my God, this is the perfect fit because <laughs> right. I'm a swim bait guy and I'm a spoon guy. So we just uh, we kind of just put a plan together. We took him out, and on our last day of pre-fishing, uh, we really hadn't been on 
great fish while we were there. And all of the stuff that I had found a month and a half prior to there, my first time there, none of that stuff was good. There was no fish in any of those areas. I'm like, okay, I got to start over. And on our last day, I had told him we were supposed to have a really big front come in on the second day of the tournament. It was a three-day tournament. And I told him, I said, hey, man, the wind's going to be blowing out of this opposite direction. I want to make sure we find something that's leeward no matter what because out in Texas, you have these big nine-mile-long flats. And, I mean, they could be on the first mile, the second mile, or the ninth mile. So I didn't want to – I wanted to make sure we zoned in on something that we would have retrieved no matter what the wind did. So we – the very last day of pre-fishing, we swung in this flat. I said I wanted to look at, and we pulled on the flat. Within literally 30 seconds, I hook a fish. He's 24 inches, but he's 7 pounds at 24 inches. I'm like, okay, that's the stock we're looking for. His next, I think, two or three casts later, he catches an 8 and 3 quarter that's in slot. I'm like, okay, we're done. This is our A spot. We know where we're going. So we – uh we ended up sticking with that spot pretty much in that general zone the entire time. And again, for just for time purposes, uh, we, we were th- going into day one. Uh, we had almost 15 pounds and we were sitting in third place day two. We, we took a little step back. We only had 11 and a half, but I also knew what we were going to on day three and the weather was going to be perfect for it. So I was not worried. And a lot of people thought, Oh man, they'd blown through all their fish. They don't have any other fish to go back to. But that was not the case. And when we pulled up uh, last day, which was Sunday, we pulled up on Sunday morning. And as soon as we got down there, Mike, I was I looked at the camera guy before he even turned the camera on. I said, it's about to go down. And I think my third cast of that day, I had an eight and a half in the well. And at that point, the most weight that was weighed in by anybody was 15.3 or something. So I'm like, look, if we can post 16 to 16 and a half pounds, I think we can jump these guys from third, get up to first, and win it. And I remember Zaldane looking over at me, and he kind of settled me down a little bit because I was, I was trying not to let the second place come in my mind because Rick Murphy was one of the ones that called it, was commentating it. And, I mean, that's all you heard all week. Yeah. Ryan Rick, 17 second place finishes. Can he get over the big one? Chris Zaldane's had a lot of second places. Can they get the big one? They won a major win. So I'm trying not to let that to stay in my mind and Chris looked at me and he said, listen, when it happens, everything's going to line up. There's something magical that happens that day. And, man, I settled in my side myself. And I think at that point in time, I kind of was settling in like this is the moment that is going to happen. And uh, we actually ended up catching probably 12 to 14 fish over seven and a half. And we culled four over eight that we had only caught one eight-pounder all week pre-fishing. Uh we had about 20 minutes left of that day, and we had we had an eight and a half and an eight and a quarter in the well. And I told Zaldane it was, it was starting to pick up really big time windy, and they were starting to get grass lines on the top of the water, which you know an artificial, That's when it trouble. does that, it's hard yep. to pull an artificial through that. But I told them, I'm like, look, if we get one more shot on that top edge where I caught that heavy one this morning, we're going to get another bite. If we don't, we got what we got. If we do, I think we can get an upgrade. And, and literally, it's on camera. As I swing up there, he's like, man, it just looks too grassy. I'm like, dude, we'll get another bite. As soon as I said that word, I come tight. And this fish is just like, I'm like, this is the man right here. And it was burying me down the grass so bad. Got him in finally. And, uh, that fish was a little over nine pounds and he was well in slot. And I thought, this is it. I mean, that was, that was it. We got back and 
everybody kind of already knew. We didn't know, but everybody kind of already knew because when we pulled in the dock, every head turned our direction, and they were already coming up and saying, hey, uh, you're going to have two interviews. You're going to have this. I'm like, guys, stop saying this to me. I've heard this so many times. I don't even want to hear it. Just let it be until it's done. So uh, we did, and, and um, it was really emotional for me. Uh, it was emotional in, in many different facets, not only my first win, but uh, it was the very first time my wife had been at a weigh-in. I, I told her before the tournament started, I just feel like you need to be here on this one. And it was special for, for me, for her to be there on my first win as well, all the way across the country. So, so many things, man, just, just really emotional, but finally, finally getting a win. Yeah, it was. Uh, I was so happy uh, when that news came across that uh, that you had got it. Uh, I really love the fact that your bride was able to be there with you because what people don't understand is there's so much time away from your family when you're fishing the tour. Um, I did it for ten mm-hmm. years and 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 did it pretty hard. And it's it's a lot of time away from your loved ones chasing that silly little redfish um they, you know they sacrifice know. so much so it's so nice for them to uh you know i, I won a southern redfish tour pro-am my wife was not there um and that was a pretty small event you know probably 35 boats it was some great fishermen in it the watts brothers and jeff page and it was a win that i'm, I'm very yeah. proud of because I, I beat some really good guys right here on tampa bay and, and where we was all really our backyard um Right. And then, and then Kenny Hyatt and I had a third place finish in the very first ever FLW Redfish tournament. That was a three day event. Uh, you fished two days, and then the the top five finished day three. Um, and that mm-hmm. was kind of cool. That was out of Terra Verde, and and we all you know had to take our boats up to the Walmart and do a big weigh in thing. And that was kind of cool, even though we ended up in third. Yeah, uh, we we finished in third and we couldn't move up, but we didn't lose any ground to have my wife there. I can't even imagine had we won that thing to have her there. So, to me, uh, with you being a brother of mine, I'm, I'm so I'm so happy she could be there to enjoy that with you. That's that's pretty special. Let's talk about let's talk about the state of redfish tournament fishing quick. Where do you think redfish tournament fishing is today? And where do you think the future takes it? Or is it kind of a, are you at a spot where maybe, maybe this is it, maybe this is as big as it gets, or is something like the Bassmaster Redfish Cup, um, you know, with it being a different format, putting you with a Bass Pro and, and getting those viewers to join the redfish side. Um, I feel like we've, you know, I, I was at the very first IFA redfish tournament in Jacksonville, kind of when the whole pro redfish scene kicked off. And it, it, it just never seemed, it just seemed like we were always just kind of, you know, butting our heads up against a concrete wall a little bit, just because the bass guys take so much of the industry money and it's so much bigger, you know, because there's bass in all 50 States and, you know, so many people mm-hmm. in the center of the country don't even know what a redfish is. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It seemed like we were fighting things. Yeah. You, you know, where do you, where do you see it? Is this Bassmaster Redfish Cup something that can can help kind of break that ice? I mean, you had millions and millions and millions of viewers of, of this win of yours. I mean, it, it, can it get there, Ryan? I got, you know, I do I believe it can? Yes, and I've got to be careful what I say here because I don't want anything to be taken out of context, but I'm going to say it anyway because this is truly what I believe. So I do believe that it can get there. Um, I, I think that what's I think what's happening right now, you have, let's see, you have one, two, you really have 
three prominent series of redfish series, like actual tournament series, right? And unfortunately, like there's some that's been around a long time. There's some that's not been around a long time. There's some that's growing. There's some that's not growing. So for us as the anglers and for people that would potentially kind of lock into this, it would be best for the sport and it would be best for us as anglers if somehow we could get these guys to kind of join together, not necessarily all into one deal, but like not be fighting each other on uh, who's got the better tournament or who's up and coming or who's, it's just, again, that's why I got to be careful what I say, but it's, it's tough to grow it when it's so much competition in between the series. Um, With that being said, when you have a Bassmasters come in with a name that's been around forever and everyone knows them and they have so much viewership already, I think there's an enormous opportunity, which Hank Weldon, who runs the Bassmasters, he had conversations with me quite a bit while we were there about, listen, man, we really feel like that the redfish side could be taken to another level. But I'd like, you know, he was like, I'd like to know what your thoughts are. How could we grow this and how can we make it bigger? But during the during the Bassmasters Redfish Cup this past year, he pulled us to the side after the fact, and he pulled out Ames and, and I to the side after we won. He said, man, I just want you guys to know we are shocked at the numbers of viewership we had. He said, we have now eclipsed more viewership on this tournament than we've had in Bassmaster history, including the Bassmaster Classic. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. So – what he was saying was is he realized like that the guy, let's say, that's in Wyoming or the person in Kansas that has no really relation to catching redfish or knows much about them, because they were able to really kind of still follow their people and their guys in the bass world, but put them in a different environment and were able to see them with a partner that was not part of the bass world, but still do this thing in a challenging format with not only challenging of catching the fish, but challenging of fishing now with a partner versus individual trying to mesh with a guy you've never, they supposedly really, really raved about it. And the feedback they were getting is that people want more of that. So I think that there is a huge opportunity for the redfish side to grow, but just like you said, it's, it's, it's interesting because, you know, 90, probably 90 to 95% of our country, I'd say 90% really don't have any, I mean, yeah, they don't, they don't really, yeah, they don't really have anything to do with redfish or no. I mean, only, there's really only what seven or eight states that even have a redfish. Right. So on their coastline and the rest of the country doesn't even know what a redfish is. So it is a little challenging that aspect, that aspect also, as well as the, the bass side and the freshwater side, having so much of the sponsorship, it's hard to get a lot of the big sponsors involved enough to have no, enough money to really make it big. But I do, I really do believe there is a huge opportunity with the right mix um, to make this thing big. And I think Bassmasters is looking at to say, I mean, there's some interesting things that I've been asked not to say at this point, but there's some interesting things they're looking at a format to really grow our sport and mold it into the freshwater side as well. Good. That'd be, that's cool. That's good to hear. So now let me ask you, so yeah. you, you go out to Texas, you've been there twice, you win the Bassmaster Redfish Cup, so now Texas, Louisiana, Florida. If Ryan Rickard gets pushed to the wall here, somebody says you can fish one body of water for the rest of your career, where is it and why? 
Oh, wow. Um, you know, I've, I've said really this past year that Texas has became my favorite place to fish. <laughs> I'm sure that me winning there has a lot to do with that. But I will say, Texas, uh, you know, you've known me long enough to know that my favorite place to fish has always been Louisiana because of sight fishing there. And, and just, you know, I, I like to sight fish. I like to put my eyes on that fish from a, from a front platform and be able to pick which one I want to throw out and catch him. But I will say, in my opinion, Louisiana is not what it used to be when I first started going. It used to be we would go to Shoreline Central because everything looked the same, and I just say, I, I, let's just pick that shoreline, and you'd go and you catch fifty redfish on every shoreline, and you were just trying to find the right stock. Whereas now, I mean, there's a lot of water you cover with no fish at all. I mean, look, look at how many times you and I have been there even together. And I mean, as many times as I've been out there and I take us to areas that I know I've been good and it's just, it's a struggle bus for us to get it done. But, uh, Texas for me, Cap Mike is probably Corpus Christi, Texas would probably be it for me. And the reason is because it's so similar to the view of Florida. Like it makes me feel like I'm back home, but I feel like there's so many more fish there and they're so much more responsive. There's versus like our fish back here at home in Tampa and you know this as much as anybody knows this, they're just very aware. I'm not going to say they're skittish. They're just aware of their surroundings so much, whereas out there, I just feel like the fish are so responsive. You can still sight cast them. Um, there's clean water. There's grass. There's potholes. There's a good bait flow there. There's pilchards. There's mullet, uh, birds. They don't have mangroves per se, um, but I would have to say at this point, Texas, Corpus Christi, Texas, if I had to absolutely choose one place, nice. um, that would probably be my, my go-to. I'd have lost that bet, but that's cool. I get it. I get it. You explained that well. <laughs> so how about how about this yeah. now? Give me, give me a tip or two for the young, aspiring anglers. Now that you're, you know, now that you kind of got all over your hoity-toity self with winning all those second places and went and won one, now how you know now that you're now that you've been to the top, now that you're one of the top red fishermen on the planet, a couple of tips you would give for the you know the aspiring tournament guys, the guys who are you know where you were 10, 12 years ago, where I was you know back when the IFA started. What would you tell them about uh, maybe a tip or two about this journey that they're about to to undertake? Yeah, I would say the biggest thing for me um, to, to tell anybody early on getting in is this. Do your own thing. Don't don't try to do what somebody else does. And it, it's, it's similar to, as an example, I'm not a big network guy, right? I don't call people and say, worst fish, worst fish. I just don't because I have learned over the years it's very hard to catch another man's fish that he's patterned. So for me – I want to go and find my own thing and do my own gig. I'm saying all that to say for the young guys coming into this or girls coming into this, do your own thing and pattern your own fish. The number one thing when I go to Corpus Christi or, or, or Delacroix, Louisiana, or Mobile, Alabama, wherever, here in Florida, Jacksonville, it doesn't matter. I am wanting to pattern. What, is, what are these fish doing? You have to first find the pattern. Like, yes, you may have caught fish on this shoreline, last year on the same exact time and maybe there is some validity to maybe they're on the same shoreline but what happens when you go there and they're not on that shoreline what's different what happened was there bait there at that point in time were there birds there is the water dirtier is it hotter is the wind blowing a different direction so for me to tell the number one thing for me to give away would be 
you have to find the pattern where you are. And once you lock into that pattern, uh, Robbie Hunziker, who is my current partner right now, that is one thing I have ingrained in him. And I hear him say this to people. Like, they'll say, well, what did y'all do? He's like, we figured out the pattern. And they're like, what do you mean by the pattern? Well, you might have to have, you know, clean water, uh, grass, and bait. And if you don't have all three, they might not want to be there. Like last year in the Bassmasters deal, Zaldane and I figured out that there's a lot of gin clear water there. Well, we figured out that on the gin clear water, those fish didn't want to be in those bait flow, those clean grass, those potholes. But we found the water that had a little smoky tinge. And it wasn't dirty. It just had a little smoke. And that's where the fish wanted to be. And that's where we found all of our fish because that was the pattern. So that would be the two things I would say. Number one, do your own thing. It's very difficult to find another man's fish. And number two, pattern, figure out the pattern. Once you figure out the pattern of redfish, they're very easy to catch. But it, they're difficult sometimes to figure out what are they doing. Are they only feeding on crustacean patterns where I've got to jig something on the bottom? Are they after a swim bait? Are they after something slower? Are they a topwater bite? So that's the two things I would say, brother. That's my best advice I could give to anybody. It sounds very familiar. Another great charter captain that I talked to had, had told me one time, he's like, listen, I don't need to know where you're catching fish. If you tell me <clears> what your fish are doing, I can take whatever that pattern is, whatever they're doing where you are, and I can find that pattern somewhere else. I don't need to know where your fish right. are. I need to know what they're doing. If you tell me what your fish are mm -hmm. doing, I know what the pattern is, and I can take that pattern and I can apply it somewhere else and I can catch those fish. And and basically that's Absolutely. what you just said. Very much uh, very much uh, on top of it. What, what's next for Ryan Rickard? What's on the agenda? Well, uh, this year we, uh, you know, actually – Starting out this year, uh, one of my goals, so one of our series of Professional Redfish League, uh, it was, well, let me start over. So the Power Pole Pro <clears throat> is one of the tournament series that I love to fish. Kent Hickman does a great job, one of the best out there at that. Um, one of his series uh, endings was if you were first or second place in team of the year, you got an invite to the Bassmasters Redfish Cup. Well, not that I didn't want to be team of the year on his deal, but because we have an invite back because we won it last year, I wasn't targeting his his uh, team of the year per se. So a lot of my I, I did fish his series and I actually did very well in his championship. Uh, we were leading day one out there. We should have won it. We didn't. We fell back to eighth place. So we got eighth in his. And then, uh, but my biggest chase this year was when the PRL came out this year. We found out it's the first time ever that a redfish series has offered a a 18 foot Mayak illusion, fully rigged Mayak illusion for every divisional team of the year, not just a single team of the year for every division. So my goal this year was to win a team of the year in a PRL division. So we have fished the Florida division and we have fished the Louisiana division. Now the Florida division is already done with the exception of the, the first two days of the championship that will be included for the team of the year. So right now we're leading the team of the year for Florida and, uh, we are sitting in third place for Team of the Year in Louisiana. But we still have one more regular season event and then the two days, first two days of the championship. So I stand a chance of winning three boats this year, which is really my goal. And that's, uh, that's what's up next for me is doing all I can to win these boats and secure these Team of the Year. So. Well, sounds like you're selling me a boat. 
<laughs> I don't know if you'd fit on that. You're, you're quite large. Come on, man. I'm on a diet. I've been dieting, Ryan. Why are you going to call me fat, bro? I'm kidding. Actually, I'm kidding. Actually, that'd be a really fun boat. I, it'd be a really fun boat to run. A little flat, you know, skiff-style boat. Uh, mm-hmm. Really comfy boat. But, yeah, that's my – that's what I really want to do, man. That's that's what's up next to me is concentrating on that. And it, it'll end uh, – the end of September is the championship. So I'll know by the end of September. And then once I'm done with that, we've got the Bassmaster Cl- uh, Redfish Cup again in uh, the first week of November. And then I'm done. Where's the Where's the Redfish Cup at? They're bringing it back to Port Aransas again because okay. they had a two year agreement signed with uh, the wharf there in uh, in Port Aransas, and uh, I don't know what they're going to do next year, but I think there is one more year for sure, and then we'll see where it goes from there. I got you. I got you. I uh, I really appreciate your time, my brother. I was looking forward to getting to chat with you. Congratulations again on on getting that big win. I don't know. Uh, of anybody who deserves to be on that stage uh, hoisting that trophy over their head any more than you, my friend. Uh, not only, uh, and, and I say this about a handful of people, I've said it about a handful of people in my life, uh, you're a, a great angler, uh, but when I say you're a great angler, you're even a better person than you are an angler, and you're one of the best anglers I've ever met. So uh, I appreciate your friendship. I appreciate your time here today, and uh, I'm looking forward to our little boogie out there to uh, Louisiana in August. Even though it'll be hot, we'll uh, we'll figure it out and go catch some grenades out there. It'll be fun. Absolutely. Thank you so much for those words. I super appreciate that. Never take those words for granted, and um, I appreciate uh, you inviting me to do this, and I'm sure we'll do some of these in the future, and we'll – We'll make it happen on them shows for Louisiana here in August. I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to wait. I'm going to have to have a, do another podcast with you and try to figure out what it feels like to win three boats, for God's sakes. <laughs> well, I hope you're right about that. I'll take that. Well, I hope you enjoyed that podcast with Captain Ryan Rickard as much as I enjoyed bringing it to you. Uh, again, when I when I tell you he is a, a great angler, it's uh, – that might be an understatement, and he's really, really even a better person. Great family guy, great Christian. Uh, I've spent a lot of time with Ryan traveling and, and fishing around the country, and uh, we've become great friends, and, and I just really hope you enjoyed that. And uh, you, I could feel and hear the passion in his voice and how much he enjoyed getting that big W, and uh, I've been looking forward to talking to him about that big Bassmaster Redfish Cup win. So that was a lot of fun. The Real Animals Podcast, remember, we're available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, ritampabay.com and Spotify. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review. Those are very important things. Really helps us out. Again, we try to drop podcasts every other Tuesday or so, so uh, we're going to try and stay on top of these. Sometimes I get in a little bit of a lag if I'm fishing out of town. We don't get as many out as we want to, but uh, we're working on all that stuff, so keep your eyes open for them. Remember, we are always presented by our good friends over at Contender Boats. If you're looking for that boat of a lifetime. Look no further than our good friends at Contender Boats. Thanks for listening. We do appreciate y'all.